Hello and welcome to the historic 85th episode of the Tennis Podcast. I am your one and only star host, Nick Amell. I'm Brandon. That's it. Just old Brandon. We made it. What do you think? Are you surprised that we made <laughs> the, it? The milestone of 85. <laughs> it's universally. A, hey, it's a high number. There's an eight in it. Universally recognized number. I think you have to hit at 85 episodes is when you can have a clip show, right? Absolutely. This is our 85th episode and our fourth Q&A episode. We do it every 20 episodes. Well, starting at episode 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is the show where normally either Brandon, the sidekick host on the other line, or myself bring a top 10-ish list on anything and everything. The other tries to guess without knowing what that list is ahead of time. But today, in honor of our milestone, universally recognized 85th episode, we're going to answer questions from listeners. I think we've said before, this is when we A your cues. We A the living shit out of your cues. We violate your cues. And I want to let you know that we have gotten dozens of questions, thousands, millions of questions from our social media accounts. And Brandon has seen some of them. But would you say it's fair to say you've seen them, forgotten about them immediately? For the most part, yes. In other words, I'm trying to to say that, you know, I compiled the questions into a Word document. But outside of that, myself and Brandon have not put any thought into these questions. No. So, we're going to be answering these questions off the cuff, off the top of our heads. Raw. (laughs) Gross. Yes, raw. The (laughs) grossest way possible to put what we're doing here. And so, since we have so many questions to tackle, I'm going to dive right in. And I've kind of tried to categorize these questions by topic. But we're going to start with your old pal Steve on Instagram. He asks... What is a question you wish someone would ask you for this episode? It's kind of hard to... <laughs> Maybe that shouldn't have been the first question you asked. Well, that's precisely why I did oh, it. Uh, yeah, I'm coming up with nothing. All right. We're, we're off to a great start here. Well, I'll tell you a question someone did ask me today that I didn't know was coming and I am prepared to answer here. My friend Trey sent me a text and he said, you know the line in Star Wars where C-3PO says, that's strange, the damage doesn't look as bad from here. He said he thought that that was a strange comment and... Yeah, I'll agree. He asked if I knew what it meant and I said, I think it's supposed to be a joke because at that point in the movie, C-3PO and R2-D2 were on uh, a ship with Princess Leia called the Tantive Four. And it got beamed up inside of, the, of Darth Vader's Star Destroyer. So, it's being held inside a Star Destroyer. Okay. And then Darth Vader and some stormtroopers get on there and they're like, where are the rebel plans? And R2-D2, who has the plans, and C-3PO get in an escape pod and blast out of there. And it's in this escape pod. Looking back at the Star Destroyer is when he says, the damage doesn't look as bad from out here. I think that's a joke about how clueless he is about his surroundings that he thinks that Star Destroyer is the ship that they were just in and he's saying, oh, there's no damage at all. And I think that that's partly to establish that, you know, his character is clueless and it's continued throughout the movie and another example of that is when Luke and Leia and Han and Chewbacca are in the trash compactor and it starts to squash them and they're like, hey, you know, R2-D2, stop all the trash compactors quick before we die. And then it stops and they all start celebrating and cheering, yeah! And C-3P goes, oh God, listen to them, they're dying. (laughs) So, they're trying to say he's close. So, I wish someone would tweet us that question. They didn't. Fortunately, my friend Trey stepped in and asked me a very detailed question about Star Wars that like three people probably enjoyed. Yeah. Well, if there's any listeners still left, you mentioned C-3PO is clueless, clueless robot. Well... From a clueless robot to a clueless sidekick host, Uh I wouldn't have it any other way. The question I wish people would ask me is how do I manage to get through these episodes with you with diatribes like that? The next question, the next few questions are going to be about us and our podcast. Camille on Facebook wants to know, I thought this was a hell of a question, what would high school Brandon and high school Nick think of each other? I'm going to let you go first. I know very little about high school Nick. Okay. I know your hair was What do you want to know about high school? My hair, my what? Your hair was bigger. My hair was bigger. I had pretty long hair. What was high school Nick like? I think I'm pretty much the same. I was a little more. My friends and I like to make trouble. Yeah, we probably would have sat at the uh, like same lunch table, but uh, I would have been like, he's too naughty on the weekends for me to keep up with. Yeah. And I would have said he's too dumb. Uh Uh-huh. 
I was the type of kid that the teachers hated because I would intentionally piss them off. You're a troll? I was a troll. Uh, I remember in ninth grade, this is a true story. In fact, my, my wife today was in the room when this happened, so she could verify. It was in ninth grade, I had a teacher named Mr. Martin, and he was an asshole, everyone hated him, and he was very short. And one day, I pissed him off so bad that he ordered me out to the hallway. I would ask him things like, <laughs> I said a lot of things, but the one specific thing I remember asking him that day is if it sucks to never be able to ride the roller coaster because of the height requirement. Was he short or really, really tall? Uh, yeah, no, he was short. He was probably like five, six. Yeah, high school students are dickheads and you were a prime example. Yeah. Anyway, he ordered me to the hallway and then took my desk and threw it out the doorway into the hallway out of rage. Yeah. And it, and it did strike my hand on the way out. And so, we had a similar situation when I was in eighth grade. The kid pissed a teacher off so bad that she slammed one desk into his desk and he claimed it, it touched his leg and I'm sure she was like, my fucking career is over. <laughs> well, I naturally collapsed in the hallway and pretended like I was hurt. But in an obnoxious way where I was clearly not hurt. He broke my tibia. So, that's the kind of kid I was and I remember I was ordered to write a three-page report for the same teacher and we had a sub the day that my report was due and so we convinced the sub that we were supposed to read our three-page reports at the front of the class, which was not true. So, I went to the front of the class and read my three-page report and the entire report was making fun of the teacher. And then I, I shared it with a kid who made copies and handed it out to like the entire school. Needless to say... Quite a dickhead. Quite a dickhead I was in high school. So, I would have been too naughty for you, you said? Uh, I, th I think I wasn't quite as like uh, as, as much of a distraction. Cool, fun, <laughs> yeah. punky. Uh, as much of a distraction as you were with mine. But, you know, speaking of uh, making a teacher miserable <laughs> just because you're a little shit, I want to say this was maybe 10th or 11th grade. Uh, we had to write a creative short story and I wrote something, I can't remember what spurred it, but it was about someone with a mole on their face. It was like I made it an attempt at uh, being funny. You're still attempting all these years later. Someone struggling with a mole on their face, wrote it and I submitted it and then told my friends what I wrote about and it was early in the year, I guess I hadn't noticed it yet. They were like, well, do you not notice that our teacher has a wart on her lip that she is extremely self-conscious about? <laughs> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> it set the tone for the rest of the year. <laughs> set the tone, <laughs> I'll bet. We were adversaries from then on. Yeah, I, I couldn't have been around someone that was so cold-blooded and mean like that. Disrespectful. Yeah. You know, I was thinking while you're talking, I think I still have a copy of that three-page report that I was talking about. I think I saved it. Sounds like bonus material to me. But yeah, so the next question comes from the Plastic Brain podcast on Instagram. Is that your podcast, Plastic Brain? Huh. <laughs> From one podcaster to another, what got you started in podcasting? Nick kept bugging me. That's pretty much true. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think we were both looking for like a creative, like a creative hobby. If you're going to do something and, you know, you need like a creative outlet, podcast is kind of a fun, free form, any kind of format way to do it. And it's a great way to pat your ninth grade self on the back for the hilarious yeah, three-page report you <laughs> 85 episodes just so you could get up to the point where like, hey, this one time I wrote a three-page <laughs> report and I read it in front of the <laughs> class and everybody was fucked up about it. I remember I have a friend who he was talking to me about, you mentioned hobbies and it kind of spurred this memory. It was, it was right around the time before the podcast started, this podcast. Mm -hmm. And he was mentioning that, you know, he's sick of all of his hobbies being input. You know, you're taking in information, you're taking in movies, shows, books. Yeah. You're taking in other podcasts but he wanted something that was an output. Something you could either make or do that had like some yeah. sort of result. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that was like subconsciously, I think, motivation for me to get this off the ground. You and I had talked about doing a podcast for a long time and we, we might have told the story before but we actually started with a true crime podcast that did not turn out well and never saw the light of day. We kind of gave up for about a year and then finally we came up with this idea of top 10 lists. And the rest is history and now we're... <laughs> the now rest we're, is history. <laughs> the rest, now we're podcasting billionaires. Yeah. Okay, so staying on our podcast for a minute, the Think Funny podcast on Twitter 
wants to know, has there been any topics that one of you wants to do an episode on that the other is completely disinterested in? Oh. I think you have done that with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I just did it anyway. But is there anything else that... <laughs> yeah, if, if I'm that interested in it, I'll just do it anyway. I did one that I'm not interested in that I knew you would be and that was sports franchises. Right, yeah, I was I'm... about to say... Um... I was about to say sports and I'm not even a big... You're a jock, right? Yeah, I could not hold my water on or carry my water, whatever, on... Do you mean carry your peanut butter? Yeah, I couldn't carry my bucket of fucking who knows why peanut butter <laughs> on one of the on one of the sport other, you know, the many sports podcasts on Blue Wire Network. I could not hold my own on those, but like comparison no. to you, I look like, yeah, a jock. So, yeah, there's some times when I think it would be fun to talk about like, you know, like the whatever, the best top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Actually, top 10 quarterbacks you could probably hang in there for because they're such big names, right? Yeah, I bet I could. Well, let's save that then and you maybe I'll do that. Do that. Yeah, don't look that up and we'll do quarterbacks because okay. I know off the top of my head that every, every top 10 quarterback candidate I could possibly think of has at least like two amazingly funny things about them in their past. You know, some of the topics I have thought about doing and then didn't do and then you ended up doing them for me uh, was like the Stephen King books list. Yeah. Not that you're not interested in Stephen King, but I just thought it was too niche and too many of our listeners wouldn't care about it. So, I just thought, eh, I'll probably not do that. And then you brought if it. If there's one author, if there's one American author that I think you could talk about broadly, either through books or TV or movies, people would know and recognize the names or at least the idea, like the general theme or characters from, uh, from a book or movie, that Stephen King is probably one of the only ones you could do that with. Dr. Seuss? You, sure, for all the children who are listening out there, I'm sure they would love it. Uh, I looked up while you were talking. We did our top 10 best Stephen King books on episode 58, if you're interested. Um, so, yeah, I think what we've learned from answering this question is that there are sometimes topics that we think that either one of us or the audience might not be totally into, but we make it work and we end up just doing it anyway. So, I don't think any topic's off limits. We probably won't ever talk about, do like a top 10 list on like sex trafficking. Well, that's, <laughs> I think that's a safe bet. I can tell you I won't bring that list I'll to you. I'll make that commitment now that I'm not going to put together any sort of list around uh, sex trafficking. We will do serial killers though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two or three more questions about our podcast and then we're, we'll change genres of question. The Freudian Sips podcast on Twitter, mm -hmm. they're a great podcast about like uh, the psychology, brain. They want to know, if Brandon and Nick were not doing a show about lists, what kind of genre would you want to explore? I would honestly listen to you guys talk about anything. Well, would you listen to us talk about sex trafficking? That's what I want to know. I get, yeah. Or Dr. Seuss. I guess I won't start that sex trafficking podcast now. There probably is one out there. I mean, obviously, probably a, ser a serious take on it. Serious, yeah. yes. And that's great. Uh, so, I kind of answered this before but, you know, my first passion with podcasting and the type of podcast I listen to most often still is true crime. And so, you know, I'd love to explore that more. Uh, but if I wasn't doing that, I think I would love to do kind of a niche podcast on like, you know, Stephen King is one of my biggest hobbies and passions and I could do a deep dive on that. Kind of like one of my favorite podcasts is the Losers Club podcast and all they talk about is Stephen King books, movies, TV shows and I think something like that would really interest me. Maybe we should do that on Seinfeld. But anyway, what about you? What, what is a genre of podcast that if you weren't doing this one, you might think about doing? Besides the butt podcast. Yeah. You know, Marcus Parks from last podcast on the left, probably through their partnership with Spotify, started a music podcast. At least in this first season or first series, he and his wife are doing a deep dive into like some of the most iconic or important punk bands. Mm -hmm. And I listened to the whole series on the Stooges and I went from, you know, knowing very little about Iggy Pop and the Stooges to enjoying their music and knowing way more than I ever thought I would about it. And because he's on Spotify or has that contract with them, they can play licensed music, uh, which I think is an important part of a music podcast, being able to play the music. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts is uh, Song Exploder, where they take new or sometimes not new music and they have the artist come on and talk about the entire songwriting and recording and production yeah. process. So, I'd like to do a music podcast or I don't think I could like... 
I think it would kill my like love for Star Wars if I did a whole podcast on it. But if you wrapped Star Wars into like some kind of I love the 80s style like nostalgia podcast, I think it could hang in with that very well. I think those are fun. I actually kind of miss those. Uh, do you watch the like I love the 70s, I love the 80s, 90s series on VH1? Uh, I know about them. I, I they were them. complete cotton candy or popcorn TV. You know, it's like, it's just filler. Right. It's entertaining, but it's nothing that like, <laughs> it's like if you have to go to the bathroom, you're not going to ask somebody to, can you pause this? But I loved those shows. And I think they're really funny. I think that's a fun format and it works very well for a podcast. Yeah. Except for the whole visual part. Yeah. You know, actually that's the type of podcast you should do is a podcast where you just talk about pictures on the internet because that's pretty much what you end up doing every episode anyway. <laughs> you mentioned the podcast about music with the husband and wife duo, right? Mm -hmm. That's a great segue because we have, believe it or not, we had like five or six questions about our wives Okay, and I have two of them here. First, this is from Jen on Instagram. She's a tennis patron. So, thank you, Jen. She wants to know, what do your wives think of our podcast? Do they listen? I think she, she listens sometimes. Cool. And what does she think about it? I think she's usually listening to see if I ever mention her or like... Well, this is the episode yeah, for she's her. She's like looking to see if I've been like talking shit. I haven't. Wait till she hears our bonus episode where you go into detail about your second family that exists right now. Where I... <laughs> I think she thinks I'm funnier on the podcast than in real life. You know... I just talked about the second family. You know those scumbag dudes that do have a second family and they- What a pain in the ass. Why would you do that? What well, the reward yes. does not outweigh the amount of work that goes into that. How do you do that during quarantine? I'm sure that- What excuse do you have now? Because you have to come up with excuses no, every time to leave the house, right? I would argue that if you are the guy who, and it's always a guy, if you are the guy who has multiple families, you have purposely found- partners that don't ask questions or believe whatever you say. Probably almost like your own mini cult leader. Yeah. You're probably a narcissist, you know, probably strong. This is a hot take, Brandon, of all the <laughs> yeah, I'm listeners that have suffered from this. What do you mean? Well, what, what if there's a woman right now listening who had no idea her husband was doing this to yeah. her and, you know, found out? Well, sorry to break it to you. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I didn't just break it to you. You mentioned that this is always guys. Yeah. Guys are the worst, right? Fuck guys. Well, I've never heard- If you're a guy, just unsubscribe. I've just never heard of a woman having multiple families. But you hear about men. guys going out for a pack of cigarettes and like- <laughs> They go out for cigarettes and they show up like 10 years later and like, oh fuck, I have, uh, I have three kids the next town over. They go out for cigarette tits. All right. Nope. Okay, my wife- she has sampled the podcast, but she is not a listener. Not a fan? Not a fan of me. Yeah, she gets enough of me during the day. <laughs> She's like, I don't know, who's the host of this? Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't need any more of Nick Amell in her life. She might, she, she might need some more Nick Amell in her. Yikes. But not in her life. Am I right? Okay. Chris on Instagram, and Chris is our merch designer. So, shout out to Chris. You can see his great designs and buy the fuck out of them at tennispod.com slash merch. He asked, how did you meet your wives? Brandy? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not like an exciting story. We met, met at a friend's birthday party and then just started hanging out. Was this like second grade and there was like a clown? Yeah. Uh, no, we were adults. Okay. Cool. Uh, I met my wife. <laughs> this is ironic, but I met my wife in church around sixth grade, Sunday school. And we are in the same grade about the same age, knew each other since sixth grade and started dating in high school. We are high school sweethearts. So, that's kind of cute, right? Yeah. So, that's how I met my wife and she doesn't love me enough to listen to this show. Okay, let's move to our final question about our podcast and that's from the Vian Burger Joint on Instagram. They want to know what's been the most interesting thing you've learned as a result of this podcast? Does one like little fun fact or piece of trivia stand out to you? I know I keep mentioning it, but Zachary, the way Zachary Taylor died, like, I think about it at least once a week. And if you don't remember- That's the president who died. He's one of our yeah, worst presidents. He died shortly after consuming spoiled milk and rotten fruit on, during the 4th of July party. 
God, that sounds good. Sounds delicious. He was like a war hero general, but obviously a bit of a pig. And and he died. Wow. He got like he ate a bunch of rotten, gross stuff, and he died. And uh, that sticks out to me. The stuff that sticks out to me is the business side of uh, like for example, some of the stuff that sticks out to me is when we did our Walt Disney episode fairly recently. We talked about like the part of Disney's business that brings in the most revenue, and we were both surprised to hear that their films is not even in the top one or two. It's not a and like stuff like that. It's interesting to me because. I think if you were to ask anyone on the street, most of them would have said, oh, their movies make the most money. And if they didn't say that, they'd say the, the parks, the theme parks. But I don't think anybody would say, oh, yeah, the fucking ABC channel brings in more money and it does. So, that, that's the type of stuff I enjoy. Also, tidbits like the Mongol horde that was the like harbingers of the Black Plague spread it that yep. they used one of the first recorded acts of biological warfare, putting their dead, diseased bodies in a catapult and flinging them over the wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll remember that one till, till the day I die. Yeah. A lot of the history stuff, like I remember when I did the, the most looked up historical people on Wikipedia and I remember like those are names I've heard of like Aristotle and Socrates and like you hear those names, you remember them vaguely from school, but that's pretty much the extent of your remembrance. But like diving back into their lives is something I would not have probably ever done if not for this podcast. So, um, for all the bullshit you put me through, it's times like that that make it worth it. Thank you. Uh, let's move to movies and TV. Camille on Facebook wants to know, what are some shows you recommend binging during everyone's quarantine? Well, I'm rewatching The Sopranos. It's a good use of time. If you think The Sopranos is just a story about the mob in New Jersey, I mean, it definitely is about the mob in New Jersey, but it is also about a lot more. It's got a lot of layers. If you like shows that are all about metaphor and symbolism that have a lot to unpack and think about and analyze, and then are also just enjoyable on a surface level, Sopranos is about everything. It's about life in America. It's about life in America also specifically at the time leading up to and after September 11th, 2001. Uh, and then it's also just sort of about like the experience of being a human and like what does like being a person mean? And what does it mean to like carry pain and trauma? It's about what like life is about in general or is it about anything? The answer is no. Yeah. Yeah, but does it have Carol Baskins feeding her husband to a tiger? Evidently, I'm the only one who has not yet finished binging Tiger King. But um, off the top of my head, just some other good ones to watch. Married with Children is on Hulu. Forgotten how, I didn't forget, but I would forgotten how much maybe I'd like enjoyed just watching several episodes in a row. It's consistent from the very first episode. Rick and Morty, uh, you can watch the last podcast on the left. Uh, they have seven seasons of their live stream available for free on the Adult Swim app which you can also get for Apple TV. That's what I've been watching. Wow, okay. Apple TV shill, everybody. Jesus. <laughs> Reel it back with the blatant promotion, sponsorship. God damn, Brandon. We get it. During this time, uh, some of the old content I've watched are, <laughs> they're always in regular rotation in my home, Seinfeld, The Office, but also Parks and Rec. I watched The Outsider on HBO, which is based on a Stephen King book, which I did read. I think the show is better than the book, which is a rare occurrence. It's a very true detective-like, Brandon. Uh, you'd like it. I think true detective is better, but it's like a same type of feel for the show. Mm -hmm. I watched all of Better Call Saul, which I think started before quarantine, but finished just this last week. And God damn, that's a good show. It is Breaking Bad level at this point. And shame on you for not watching it since you're such a Breaking Bad fan um, like myself. Get me some more hours in the day at which I don't need to sleep or take care of anyone else's needs and we'll be yep. all set. Yeah, you and me both, brother. Let's uh, move to the Cage's Kiss podcast on Twitter. This is a podcast all about listener of the show and tennis patron Nicolas Cage. They want to know, what's your favorite Nicolas Cage films? Oh, uh, I saw Mandy recently. Yeah, what'd you think of that? That was great. I love, it was weird and that's yeah. all... Mostly out of a movie now, I want to see something I've never seen before. That's Mandy. <laughs> yeah, and Mandy was definitely that. Uh, it was really cool. Other than that, uh, Raising Arizona and The Rock. Raising Arizona is 
funny throughout and it, I don't think it would have worked without Nicolas Cage and his narration throughout. The Rock, I think, of all the Jerry Bruckheimer movies, The Rock is like the one that is the, I think, is the most perfect. It has all of the best elements of a Jerry Bruckheimer action movie without the worst elements. It also has the best actors and the best dialogue. I have not seen The Rock. You know, for, for action movies, it is, it is definitely in the top 10. Like, I, I'm kind of bummed that it isn't... There's a, there's a list for it's you. It's not mentioned in the same breath as like Die Hard or Lethal Weapon. I haven't seen those either. Jesus. I will say that my favorite Nick Cage film is, you know, fuck the haters. National Treasure 1 was a good movie. Those are fun. <laughs> but it's not those my favorite. Those are fun to watch. If you don't watch it going like this is like a fucking documentary, then it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, but my favorite's probably Face Off. <laughs> His face comes off. What? In that. No, I just like there's a lot of good jokes about that movie too. Okay, I didn't. That wasn't. Hold, yeah. Hold on a second. I thought you were making joke because mm. Face Off is such an often made fun of movie. I granted, I haven't seen it probably since I was 14 years old, but <laughs> I have not. I'm not like a Nick Cage there's like a, connoisseur. There's like a million memes on the internet all around, like different parts of Face Off. Okay. Well, I thought it was good, but... Yeah, it is really interesting. Things can be good without being like Academy Award nominated. They can be good because they are just a good B action movie. And Face Off... Talk about a controversial hot take. Well, it is sometimes because you just said you were just getting defensive over liking. I'm telling you, it is something worth enjoying. I'm not getting defensive. I'm just fucking around. What movie is it with the, you don't say meme? When he's leaning in in that suit and his hair's back. It's face off. Is it? Yeah, that's when he's acting all crazy like John Travolta's original oh, okay. character. No, that's when he's acting like himself when he is being crazy, right? He's okay. Caster Troy and he is crazy and evil and that is his real face, I think, towards the beginning of the movie. You know, the whole concept of face off is pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's the thing. It is a dumb concept. It's ridiculous. You can't remove too... F but in my opinion, if you're going to take a bad concept, but you're going to go all in and have good performances and have fun with it, that does make a good movie. It's not going to be nominated for an Academy Award. It's not going to change anybody's life. But it's been 23 years since Face Off and we're still talking about it. To me, that's the definition of like, it must have been a pretty damn good entertaining movie. Yeah. Ian on Facebook, who's also a tennis patron like Nick Cage, he wants to know who was your very first celebrity crush and why was it Danny DeVito? Mm -hmm. That last part was me. Uh, oh, Alyssa Milano on Who's the Boss? <laughs> okay, I'll accept that. You know how in Seinfeld when Newman is negotiating with, I think it's Jerry, and he says, no, he's negotiating with Kramer and he says, I can deal with a little bit of Jerry if it gets me a lot of Elaine. <laughs> That was me as a kid. You have to take a cold shower. So, Lauren on Instagram wants to know, speaking of Seinfeld, I did not intentionally do this, segue. Lauren on Instagram wants to know, if you had to choose one Seinfeld character and one office character to be quarantined with, who would it be? I couldn't handle Kramer. Yeah, I think I would have to choose people that I could see myself going crazy being with the least. Elaine. It would be Elaine. And not for the reasons you're thinking since you haven't had that cold shower yet. But Elaine seems the most content to like hang out at home and read or watch something. She's not going to scheme. And that's the biggest risk with Kramer is that he's going to scheme and you're going to end up like, you know, falling asleep in a hot tub that's not plugged in or you're going to end up having to sleep in drawers because he's gotten rid of his bed. If you choose to sleep with or to sleep with, if you choose to quarantine with George, you know at some point he's going to go like insane and he's also going to be scheming and that's going to come back to bother you. So, it kind of leaves, it just leaves Jerry. Jerry's my choice. Jerry was going to be my choice but I don't know. I think Jerry might get a little mean after a while whereas I think Elaine. You don't think Elaine gets me? <laughs> Elaine is the biggest bully in the group. <laughs> she, she does physically push people. <laughs> and hit them. That's right. I don't know. Jerry, at least, I'm sure after a while his jokes would start to get old, but he's the most normal, I think. 
Yeah, he is actually pretty good about just hanging out also. What about uh, Frank Costanza? Could you be quarantined with him? No, I don't know that like, I mean, it would be really funny, but like after about an hour, you, you would realize like, oh, this is he, this is him all the time. And it's a different thing to be stuck in the same room with it and not be able to change the channel. Okay, so who's your office character? To be- it can't be Michael Scott. Michael Scott's my favorite character to watch, but he would get old quick. Yeah, he would also like make a mess or destroy something where you just for the rest of quarantine, you have to live with it. My first thought was Jim because he's the most normal, but few things work against him. One, I think his sarcasm would get old and his looks at the camera. And two, I remember in an episode in like season eight or nine, which you wouldn't have seen, where he's living with Daryl in Philly and Daryl complains to Pam about how messy Jim is and I can't do messy. So, Jim's out for me. I hadn't thought about him until you said his name, but then I realized, oh, it's got to be Daryl. I think he's the only like normal human (laughs) in the office building. Everyone else has like weird quirks and stuff. Daryl's just chill dude who works in the the warehouse and doesn't have time for Michael's bullshit. I might go with Pam. Do you think she like would make food? Because that might make a difference. I remember her baking, right? Doesn't she bake something at one well, point? I can't be... I don't think Daryl's going to make any food. I can't be Brandon. eating a lot of baked goods. I would pick Pam if I knew she was going to be making a lot of like healthy, like good food where I'd, I'd get the impression that Daryl would be like, I have a shitload of frozen pizzas. And he loves tacos. Oh, if he's making tacos, see, that makes a difference too. I think I'm going Pam. So, let's move on to John on Instagram with maybe the most random question of the day. What do you think of the movie Zootopia? (laughs) The first time I saw it with my kids, it was fine. The fifth time I've seen it. That's not fair because like most movies are that way. Yeah, uh, I guess my answer is it's fine. I enjoyed it. I got nothing against it. I think if you're going to have to watch a kid's movie... I would watch Zootopia over like a million other movies. It, I will say one complaint against it is I have so many questions about the way the animal world came to be and how it works that Same. it's distracting throughout the movie. They explain how it came to be briefly in the beginning. They say, I, I happen to just watch it the other day. They talk about how the predators lost their, their like predatory instincts. Now, I don't remember how that happened, but because they're not predators anymore, that allowed animals to live in peace together. And, you know, after millions of years of that, they're able to evolve just like humans. See, that's where I'm like, okay, this is fucking scientifically bullshit because they continued to evolve for millions of years until they could walk upright and imitate the speech and behavior of humans, but they physically did not change at all and they still hold to their like fucking rabbit habits. They physically change. They can walk on their hind legs. Well. Yeah, you're right. It's not scientifically stable like face-off is. It's not a documentary like face-off. (laughs) Uh, So, we both agree it's a fine movie, it's good enough, but it's not our favorite. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, let's get to a few interesting questions I don't think we've ever been asked about. Uh, This is from Swamp Thing on Twitter. They want to know, are you Team Godzilla or Team Kong? It's easy for me. I kind of like Godzilla. Godzilla every day, yeah. All day, every day. I guess they're both fine, but... Yeah, Godzilla's a lot cooler. His movies are all cooler. I've always been bored by King Kong. He's just a giant ape. Who gives a shit? <laughs> but some of my earliest memories in life are my dad bringing home the like old Japanese Godzilla films and watching them together and just being obsessed with them. When are they going to quit pussing out and put balls on King Kong? Well, I guess he is a male, right? Yeah. Maybe, was he neutered? He has no crotch in the movies. It's just, it's just an area. He's, he's almost like a cartoon. There's no, there's no... Do gorillas have big floppy dicks? No, they have, gorillas have small penises, but they do have like big testicles. Does the penis go in like a dog and come out when it's time? I don't think so. I think they are like, I mean, you know, I read somewhere that like of all the apes, in terms of like their body size compared to their penis size that um, gorillas are actually like hung the least. So, I don't know if anything comes out. I just know that like hung the least. they are the least hung but they all have like big nuts. Again, if it's not scientifically accurate, it just takes me right out of the movie. <sighs> yeah. Where are these giant nuts? Uh, you know, pressed up against the Empire State yeah. Building. 
somebody's working in their office and they look up at the window and there's like a nut pushing <laughs> oh in. Oh my God. Big gorilla nut. But you wouldn't even notice what it was at first until you got a close look. What is this big black hairy mass pressing into our office when it blew out all the glass and now there's these hairs sticking in here and you're like trying oh to push against it. Like everybody push. See if we can push this thing back <laughs> out the window. And then someone turns on the news and you're like, oh my God. Is that our building? And then you suddenly put together like everyone turns and looks at the window with a look of horror at the same time as they realize, oh, that's his nut. See, this is why you should be a film writer. And we know you love scientifically accurate movies like Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So, let's move on to the next question. Probably my favorite question today from Electric Mermaid and that's Electric with a K on Twitter. What's your favorite cryptid? Hmm. Why don't you explain for the folks at home, what do they mean by cryptid? Cryptid is a creature that people have seen or spotted or there's legends about, but we don't yet have like scientific proof that they exist. But Bigfoot or the abominable snowman, abominable, abdominal, <laughs> the abdominal uh, snowman that. falls under that category. So does like Chupacabra, I think the Mothman. Log Ness Monster. Is a cryptid. The Mothman, I think, would be my favorite. And I think I tweeted with Electric Mermaid once. Uh, she was on her way to a Mothman festival and I was jealous. Oh, that sounds awesome. It does sound really cool. Yeah, Mothman is actually mine. Not just because of like what the Mothman looked like or appeared to be like, but it's all the crazy stuff surrounding his appearance. Now, do you mean the crazy stuff like the craziness of the stories or the credibility? Uh, uh, no, the, the credibility the, of the story is it's yeah. true that around okay. the time he was spotted, uh, a bridge collapsed. Yeah. No, I've heard some of it. I, I have not done a deep dive, but I've heard peripherally. The short version is Mothman is an example of what they call high strangeness. Or like, yes. you know, if everyone kind of knows like if you saw a vampire, what of seeing a vampire would be like, right? Or a werewolf or something. But high strangeness is like, it makes absolutely no sense. It is disturbing and highly strange. It has no basis in like logic or even legend. Yeah, Mothman. There's some circumstances around Mothman that are unexplainable. My favorite is, a, is I guess kind of boring and traditional but I do think Bigfoot is my favorite and I say that because now again, I haven't done a deep dive in Mothman but that notwithstanding, I think Bigfoot is the most credible based on everything and I know it's like funny to laugh at people hunting Bigfoot but I think the Patterson tape is extremely fascinating. Even if it's a hoax, it's extremely fascinating. That's the famous Bigfoot tape everyone's seen where he's walking away from the camera in the woods. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's a she because she has some big old boobs. Uh, but I just think the lore of Bigfoot and the, the story, I actually was, I, I listened to a podcast interview with an author of a book and the book was all about deeply dissecting and analyzing that Patterson tape. And the story behind the tape is so fucking interesting and fascinating. That makes Bigfoot my favorite. There you go. I believe it. Okay. Chris on Instagram wants to know, what are your 10-ish favorite foods? And I don't want you to list 10, but just oh, shout Lord, out no. some of your favorite foods besides airport hot dogs. Yeah. Um, I'm not too exciting. It's like pizza, burgers, <laughs> hot wings. I don't think like I would shock or amaze you with like basically like if it's one of your favorite foods, I probably like it too. You know, I remember I've said this on the pod before, but you told me a long time ago, it's one of the things that you've said in my life that has stuck to me most. Mm -hmm. And that is, if there's any evidence of a God, yeah. it's that the healthy food tastes bad and the unhealthy food tastes good. Yeah. Because why does it have to be that way? My favorite mm -hmm. foods, I'm going to give some shout outs to foods you didn't mention. French toast is maybe my favorite fucking food on the planet. But, you know, I, I take that back. My favorite food on the planet is French fries because there's so many versions of French fries um, and they're all good. And my favorite French fry has got to be, I'm a big fan of the crinkle cut. Crinkle cut French fries, pretty damn good. You know, frozen French fries are some of the few frozen foods that come out fairly decently if you know, pretty good, if yeah. you know how to you know, work that oven. And French fries are great because you can be a vegan or a vegetarian and still enjoy them and they're good with any meal. Yeah. French fries. So, quit coming after us. Yeah. From at the real Joey Gallo on Instagram wants to know, what's your guiltiest pleasure? What is your guiltiest pleasure, Brandon? Could be anything, food or otherwise. Uh, guilty pleasure foods 
would be any waffle-based cereal. There's a waffle crisp <laughs> yeah. cereal. There's also a new Eggo cereal that is really good. Like as far as like watching something or reading something, I'm not like, I wouldn't say I feel like guilty about this, but like I will watch an old show that I admittedly I'm not that into if it's something that gives me sort of that same feeling I had when I watched it when I was younger. So like last night I put on just in the background a couple hours worth of Married with Children and it was great. It reminded me of being like up too late at night with uh, Married with Children reruns playing in the background. And I guess that's kind of a guilty pleasure. Well, this was a great answer. I think my guilty pleasure is, fuck, I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't know. You don't feel guilt about them. I don't feel guilty about anything. Maybe doing this podcast with you. Okay, uh, let's go to the Firestarters podcast on Twitter who asked a very important, very timely, very controversial, sensitive question. Could Jesus microwave a burrito so hot that even he couldn't eat it? Absolutely. Absolutely. If he I is, think so too. If he's omnipotent, he's got to be able to. Well, because I think no matter how immortal and powerful a Jesus is, you get that burrito just right in the microwave where when you sink your teeth in, it can squirt some hot juice or cheese or beef or beans out. That's dangerous. No matter who you are, I don't think Jesus would be getting up after three days in the grave from that. Am I right? I think that he can definitely make one hot enough that he wouldn't want to eat it. That he would pass True. on. True. I see. Okay. At Private Island Presents on Instagram, they're the hosts of the Up All Night podcast. That's a podcast about Are You Afraid of the Dark? A show from my childhood. I thought you... it was about uh, what happened if I have dairy after 8 p.m. <laughs> What's your favorite candy? Mm. For a fruit-based candy, it's Mike and Ike's. For a chocolate-based candy, it's Reese's Cups. Yeah, I'm going with Reese's Cups as well. But I also love Mike and Ike's. You said the exact same things that I did. Well, but I said it better and more with more gusto. All right. Well, we can start eating a Mike and Ike like Lady and the Tramp and meet in the middle. <laughs> oh, God damn. That sounds great. Ian on Facebook wants to know if you were to... Th now, this is the most important question of the day. If you were to replace all water on the planet with peanut butter, uh -huh. it's an interesting scenario. I never considered that. Have you ever thought about something like that? I've tried not to. Uh, if you were to replace all water on the planet with peanut butter, what color would snow be? Has to be brownish peanut beige. butter color, right? <laughs> Fuck. Imagine how... So, beige, instead of yellow snow, you got beige snow that is now yellowy beige. That's a hell of a, hell of a combo there. It would look disappointing. Think about how much better the world would be if all water on the planet was peanut I butter. I told you, where I'm not thinking about it any more than I have to. Well, I know you like to think about podcast reviews. Here's a few quick ones. Shark-2019 on Apple Podcasts says... Nick and Brandon are brilliant. Not only their top 10 list, but their hilarious chit chat. Keep it coming. I won't be satisfied until all capitals. Everything in the world has been rated out of 10. Oh. So, we got some work to do because Shark 2019 is not going to be satisfied until we have rated every single thing in the world. That includes blades of grass, coffee makers, peanut butter, birds, keyboard manufacturers, types of wintry storms, everything, all that and more have been rated out of 10. Anything to satisfy you. That's what we're here for. Drunk Medical Stories, which is a podcast, on Podchaser, they said, great chemistry and banter! And what? Multiple exclamation points. Banter. Okay. I've enjoyed every single episode, a great dose of comedy, facts, and trivia all rolled into one. I think the facts is the least priority out of those three, comedy, trivia, and facts. Would you agree with that? Yeah, facts are incidental. Thank you for those reviews. That last one came from Podchaser. And don't forget, if you review us on Podchaser, podchaser.com, just search for Tennis Podcast. Podchaser will donate 25 cents for every review on their site to people in need from the COVID pandemic. Thank you. Let's wrap up with our few remaining questions here. First one comes from Ian on Facebook. What's your biggest irrational fear? Something you know is stupid, but it's still a fear nonetheless. His example was, his irrational fear is getting hit in the head by a walnut falling from a walnut tree. I mean... Damn, that is irrational. I gotta admit, I don't know that I have any irrational fears. All of my fears are totally rational and that's why they, that's why they give me so much anxiety because they're all like, it's because it's what all What about from shit. like your childhood? I'll tell you, I'm pretty freaked out by snakes. I don't understand how they move, how they get around. I think the devil's pushing them along the, the ground. Yeah. They don't have feet, but they move. That means they got, somebody's got to scoot them. And I think it's the <laughs> invisible guiding hand of Satan himself. 
I know snakes are deadlier to humans, but I still am more comfortable around a snake, not that I'm comfortable, around a snake than a spider. Spiders give me the willies. Yeah, a spider doesn't bother me. I, one other thing that I know is like, I wouldn't say it's irrational. It's just I can't stand to do it. You know, fishing itself is fine. Like I'm not a big fisherman. If I go and there's some kind of a trip, like I enjoy it. But the act of like touching the fish and stuff. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not scared of it. I'll stick my thumb in its mouth. I'll take the... Okay, wow. Goddamn. Hook out, all that stuff. Yeah. Jesus. But like... Well, that's what you got to do when you hold it and take the hook out. You put your thumb in its ass too? You don't need to put your thumb in its ass to remove the hook. Yeah, you don't need to, but you do, don't you fucking sicko. Disgusting. Just touching fish. I don't like touching fish and I don't like snakes. Yeah. I like my mammals. This is not a fear, but I'll uh, shout out something that almost everyone in the world loves, but I hate, and that's sushi and rice. Don't like rice. I don't eat rice. Don't like the texture. Won't eat it. Don't like it. Sorry. If that makes you have to stop listening, I understand. The LA Not So Confidential podcast on Instagram, they're one of my favorite true crime pods. They want to know, does Brandon remember where he was when the Titanic sank? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, in that day... You were what, 30, 32? Yeah, in that day, you would have gotten the news like days later. They had radio. Did they? No, they had telegraph. I don't think they had the radio. They had radio. Radio, well, maybe not like commonly owned, but it was around at least. I don't remember where the Titanic was because I hadn't been born for about 70 years. It's amazing how much of a head start on this world you have to me. Uh-huh. You've lived through a lot. You lived through the invention of the radio, the TV, the internet. Yeah, they did have the radio in 1895. In 1912 when the Titanic sank, it was invented in 1895. Told you. Where would you be without me? It wasn't widely used until the 1920s when it was used to transmit pictures visible as television. Oh, no, wait. That's not true. What the fuck? That can't be right. Don't it can't transmit me. pictures. Fucking Google, don't tell me shit like this. Don't make me look like ass. I don't know. Nobody knows. The answer is nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows. Scientists are still trying to figure that out. All right. From the huh? podcast on Twitter, they want to know, and I'm also very curious about this. I'm going to take it down. Uh, I'm going to write notes with your answer. What's your favorite verse of Santa Baby? I mean, the Christmas I Carol classic. I don't have one. I think every verse of it sucks. I think it's an awful song. Well, which one sucks the least? Can you recite well, it for no, us? No, I would have to look them up. Let me see. Overwhelming knocking on my proverbial online door for Brandon to sing Santa Baby is intense and overwhelming. Like, I might have to stop doing the show because people want it so bad. It's not going to happen. I mean... Honestly, I know, like, I'm glad you guys are having fun with it, but let me be 100% clear. (laughs) I will never do it. I'll settle for you just saying saying the verses. Saying never is not a joke. I will never (laughs) do it. There are things I have done or will never do purely out of spite and this now falls under one of them. No, I am going to make a commitment to our tennis listeners. I will break Brandon down. I will get him to sing the song. And in fact, Julie on Facebook, who is a tennis patron, thank you, Julie, she wants to know, tell me, would this be enough for you? Would Brandon sing Santa Baby if Nick would sing backup vocals? And I'm willing to do that, Brandon. I don't want you. I don't want to hear you do it. And I don't want to do it. I'm looking at the lyrics. I think if there's one, <laughs> if there's one lyric or verse that like I guess is less bad than the others, it's the one where she says, think of all the fun I missed, think of all the fellas I haven't kissed. Next year I could be just as good if you check off my Christmas list. That's the only verse. Did you write that yourself? Because it sounds like something you'd say. It's the only verse which she doesn't explicitly ask for gifts or money. She just says that like she's missed all the fun because she hasn't seen this guy and not kissing other fellas. So, that's, mm. that's the only one where I think she's acting like not a... Uh, a what? She's, act, she's acting bad. Naughty, you might say. She's acting naughty. Don't worry, everybody. He'll do it. Jordan on Facebook wants to know, we're down to our last two questions. He wants to know, if you could only play as one Nintendo character for any game for the rest of your life, who would you pick? Play wait. So, like, basically, if you could, if you could take a Nintendo character and use that character in any game ever, so, for example, you could take Mario and put him in Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Mario would be really frustrating because three hits at most. 
and he's dead and you have to start all over. Well, or, yeah, but not if you get a mushroom. Oh, well, right. But like as opposed to, well, Link is a Nintendo character. Link can get hit multiple times and still continue on. And he also has a wider range of weapons and fun stuff that he can craft. I mean, I've, so I, I bought the Switch mainly to play Mario Odyssey and I did and I loved it. It was an awesome game. Yeah, it was. Then I played uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild and I loved that one even more. So, I'm going to, I would go with uh, Link. Well, first of all, you're making me want to do a Nintendo episode. So, I'm putting that on my to-do list. Secondly, I'm going Bowser. Bowser is my favorite Nintendo character. He's a badass. <laughs> he's a badass. And he's the best character in the Paper Mario series, which is my favorite video game series ever. He's got a big ass shell, he can breathe fire, and you don't get a ton of chances to play as him. Bowser's my choice, live with it. And the last question, Ian on Facebook wants to know, and I'm going to read it verbatim, mm -hmm. quote, can I be in your will? Yes. End quote. Yes. <laughs> what, will you, what will you agree to give Ian in your will? I'm looking around. Before Funko Pops were like fucking everywhere and and way overdone i got a little chewbacca funko pop he's holding a crossbow or his uh, bowcaster uh, i'll leave you that little bobblehead and my kid wants it so this is actually a big deal and i'll leave you i'll leave you my kids my fortunes and my secret video that i will take of brandon singing santa baby in the shower gross you're welcome. Well, we didn't have time to get to everybody's questions. There were more submitted. And whether we got to them or not, I want to thank everyone for submitting your questions. And fear not because we will do another Q&A episode on episode. On the groundbreaking mm -hmm. 105th episode, we will do another Q&A episode. Isn't that exciting? Always recognize this the time to do a Q&A. Yeah. Well, luckily, if you can't wait till episode 105, you can still connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TennisPod. We ask questions and do polls all the time that we'd love your input on. You can also suggest list ideas there. Another way to reach us with suggestions is to take our survey at tennispod.com survey to give us feedback on how to improve this show, how to improve Sidekick Host as best we can. And my last plug here is that we'll be back next week with episode 86 and I will have the list that week since Brandon, you had the last top 10 list. Sounds good. Okay, appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.